Zoomers be like, that's poggers. So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh, baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's the Beatles' solo careers. My name is Dan, and I once used four phones to try to win free tickets to a comedy show that made history. My name is Jimmy, and my favorite thing I ever said while under the influence of marijuana, while talking about burritos, I said, Rice versus Bean, greatest war fight of 2018. (laughs) My name is Jeff, and my daughter's favorite song is the Kiki Diaper song. What is the Kiki Diaper song? I got to know about that right right now. So the Kiki Diaper song, whenever she goes to get changed, she's uh, 15 weeks old now. But for a while, for maybe half of her uh, baby life, whenever she lays down. Whoops, we had a problem with recording Uh, when Jeff was recording remotely for some reason. His audio software uh, skipped, was skipping around. It was sounding all glitchy. But Jeff was basically talking about this kicky diaper song that he sings to Jeff Rena, and she laughs and smiles, and it was very cute. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Dan, are you talking about the Oddball Comedy Festival? I am. Oh, you brought me. I was your date. Yep, we did. Good thing no women ever liked me because Jeff got to go to a lot of places with me. Dan Uh, would win so many things. And as his uh, HSLP, I got to go everywhere with him. Yeah. So I used four phones. I won two free tickets to the Oddball Comedy Festival, which became historic because it was the first appearance in in Connecticut by Dave Chappelle after he walked off the stage, which was controversial and nobody cares about anymore but yeah that was a that was a big fun comedy show plus we didn't know it was gonna be there yeah Yeah. it was uh it was amy schumer Mm -hmm. was hannibal burris there or no yes he was yeah hannibal burris aziz and sorry sarah silverman and everybody's favorite louis ck yeah which at the time was very good and i'm glad that i got to see him before we found out (laughs) that we can't like his (laughs) stuff anymore well, and one of our personal favorites that was lower on the bill, but uh, Dave Attell was fantastic. Yeah, I saw him at the Comedy Cellar, too. Ooh, I'm Jeff. I go to the cool <laughs> comedy places. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy, yeah. you also had yeah. a fun fact. I, I'm, wow. Uh, goodbye. I'm done. I'm <laughs> Checking anymore. it off of the list. Yeah, no, I was I was uh, smoking some Mary Jane, as the, kid, oh, that's as the right. kids say. Cute little and, rhyme uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were just around the bonfire. I don't remember what we were talking about, but for some reason, somebody brought up burritos and they're talking about like if they like rice or beans in their burrito. And um, who has who decides, a great debate? Who has rice like or beans? Exactly, yeah. it's rice and beans. I don't know. I don't remember exactly the conversation as we were Damn. talking about. Damn. This I guy, was under the influence. This guy's getting high at the bonfire. <laughs> 
And knowing Jimmy, but yeah, like the true question is, why would you eat a burrito? Because Jimmy doesn't like <laughs> food that's good. I like burritos. Um, but yeah, I, I brought up, <laughs> I, I ran and we said race versus being greatest war fight of 2018. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, war fight. What the f is that? Sorry, Jim. Um, but uh, it was also like, oh my God, I just rhymed without even thinking it. And then my buddy Ryan just went over to me. He's like, nice haiku. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it was a good pun. Sometimes those things that happen when you're inebriated become classics, even though they're dumb to everyone else. Like yeah. uh, years ago on New Year's Eve, when my family was drunk, my my aunt missy uh i don't even remember what she was trying to say but she blurted out listen i don't rip lead or do it back better and that became a family meme were those don't, words were those don't rip lead or do it back better <laughs> uh, hey good, guys yeah. we got a we got a nice message on twitter.com we did talk me into wow jeff you should read it it is from crest chan exclamation point demon mask face emoji hi i just wanted to say i'm a huge fan of you guys and tune into each episode while driving to work your commentary always puts a smile on my face and makes the drive much more enjoyable oh that is such hey. a nice little comment very cute it's the if only reason why i'm recording today i almost didn't i almost stayed in bed yeah and just put the pillow over my head hoping you guys for don't know this the good lord to take me if Jeff doesn't get at least one positive affirmation per week, he quits the podcast. <laughs> so keep those reviews and comments coming in because we need Jeff. Yeah, like if I do the kicky diaper song and nobody laughs at it, I'm done with the podcast. He just puts his daughter outside and locks the door. Every week on this show, we talk about some other stuff before we talk about the big stuff. The big <laughs> stuff is the Beatles solo career. The little stuff is the talking ourselves into that we're not going to do a whole entire episode on because maybe the other people already talked into it. Maybe we're not talked into it ourselves. And recently, more than just this week, this has been on my list for a while, but due to our recording schedule, haven't been able to record it. And it's a spoiler alert for you guys I gave you because uh -oh. you already know. Both of y'all know. I told you two weeks ago, last week, I don't know. Instant noodles, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. I am living the ramen, the instant noodle life to yeah. the maximum, fellas. But not cup of noodles, right? No. Cup, cu how about cup of shit? More like it, because that stuff is garbage. No, dude, I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting them international nudes from the Indian market, from the Asian market, and not just from India or the Asia. It's from all over the, the place. Asian. They just, <laughs> they just import <laughs> stuff. Like from the Indian market, you got stuff from the Philippines. You got stuff from Pakistan. You got Bangladesh, stuff from Thailand, Bangladesh. You got all kinds of nudes. So yeah, they just have more interesting flavors uh different mm -hmm. spice levels different styles of noodles and they're instant so they're good i mean they're they're not like great they're but they're still good but then you kick it up a little bit get some scallions some green onions dice them up throw them in there fry up an egg throw it on top slice yeah. up some jalapenos put it in there it's all about what you add 
Yeah. Drizzle that shit with hoisin. Some sesame seeds. You gotta... It's so cheap. It's so good. It's so easy. I've just been... I've been living that life and loving that life. Except one of the noodles that I bought when I was with you guys, because we went to this Asian market last week. We filmed the video. I don't know if it's going to be out on patreon.com slash talk me into by the time this episode drops, but... I don't know if it's going to be out in general because (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear anything that you guys say. So, but uh, hopefully it'll be out. They they had a huge wall of instant noodles and I was like, I would buy every single one, but I'm going to limit it to two family packs. So I got, I got these two. One of them was an oyster flavored noodle. Delicious. Absolutely lovely. It was wonderful. The other one was called like Feng Che. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And there's no English on here to tell me what it is, but I'm going to buy it. And I opened it up and it smelled like rancid piss. It was like the worst (laughs) smell of all time. And I'm like, I'm still making this. So I made it. I'm Googling it while I'm making it. And apparently it is like a very controversial flavor. It's pig intestine, which is fine. You know, sausage (laughs) is pig intestine. I have no problem with that. Um, But people are complaining about how bad it smells. But like the, the it had a good flavor. It was like almost sweet, not very spicy. But then, like, I got a headache later, so I don't know. I don't know if the two were related. <laughs> was it but, like, uh, have you ever eaten chitlins? Uh, not really. Because that's it pig was, intestines. It was, it was a different smell. It did not smell good at all. It didn't, it uh, didn't even, smell, did it smell like a barn floor? Yeah, dude, it smelled like straight up shit. It was awful. <laughs> it's yeah. really bad. Well, even when I was in the pig intestines. Even when I was eating it. <laughs> It tasted good, but the smell was just terrible. Did it have yeah. like that sweet, sour diaper smell? No. And I know a lot about that. Trust <laughs> me, because I woke up. You literally just said that this morning. <laughs> I woke up to one that was the most pungent since the first black tar duty. Dang. Um, it was it was bad. But yeah, dude, instant noodles. Just just get some, man. They're cheap. Even the imported ones. So cheap. Great flavor. So yeah, Jeff, easy. I got a little suggestion for you, actually. I don't know a lot about how it works, but I've seen people use it on YouTubes. And next time you go to an ethnic grocery store, you should try out the Google Translate with your phone's camera. Have you seen this feature? No. You I'm basically sure I have to. Yeah, I've done. heard it's really cool. Yeah, I've seen it used. And I would say it works like 75% of the time. Um, you basically hold your phone above the text and when you look through the, the screen, like augmented reality, it shows you the English translation in the and spot like the same where the words font are. And everything? Yes. Whoa. So it's not perfectly reliable, but you can usually get the gist. Like I've seen it, not to keep name dropping the same people, but uh, on Emmy Maid's YouTube channel, people send her like MREs from foreign countries and she can usually get the basics. It'll be like sausage and then she can't read like a couple of the other words. I mean, she's like, if it okay. said pig intestine, I still would have bought it. That wouldn't yeah. have deterred me. <laughs> but you would, I don't know, you should test that out next time we go. Very cool. Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into this week? Uh, I am talking myself into a TV show that I had started and basically caught up to, which was Barry on HBO. I was yes. very excited to watch this. Um, I asked you guys if you watched it, and uh, Dan said yes and completed it. Jeff said it was okay, and I was like, okay, we're not doing an episode on it. <laughs> so I'm talking about it here, and uh, it was very good. I was very it was enjoying it. Very good. Oh, great. It was uh, very <laughs> macaque or good. 
Jeff. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. <laughs> don't. You're too young. <laughs> One day okay. you will when you become a man. Great. Um, yeah, it was a very good show. I was. Uh, I remember starting it when it first started, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna keep up with this." And I just didn't. And uh, so I watched it. I enjoyed it, and it was very good. It was um, Bill Hader is great in it. Um, what's his name? The Fonz. He's also very good in it. <laughs> Henry Winkler. <laughs> Henry the Winkler. So thank good. You. It stars yeah. the guy and another one. <laughs> yeah. It's about like the events too, right? that happen, and there are characters. Yep. It's like, I mean, if, if people don't know about it, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Barry. Pl- <laughs> Barry? <laughs> Bill Hader. Bill Hader Barry. plays a. Uh... <laughs> Here, want me to do it for you, Jimmy? Yeah, sure. Uh, Barry's about a hitman played by Bill Hader, who on the course a, of an assassination job has to attend an acting class and finds out that he's destined to become an actor, that he loves it. So he wants to yes. change his life and become an actor. Did I do Thank a good job? <laughs> yes, you did. You did it a thousand times better than I could have. Okay. So I appreciate that. But yeah, it was a very good TV show. Very enjoyable. Highly recommend it. Yes. Jeff. What are you talking? Oh, Jeff, you already did. Dan. Dan, what are you talking yourself into? So lately I've been eating a lot of ramen noodles. (laughs) I heard this. Um, So I had like something different written down. But uh, after just like looking at current events, which by the time this episode airs, it will not be current. But uh, I'm talking myself into laughing and making fun of anyone who complains about cancel culture online. Uh, yes because i realized that um if you are attacking quote-unquote cancel culture it means you've done something very shitty (laughs) yes uh because everyone else doesn't care about cancel culture no not at all uh i don't care about it i don't actively seek people to cancel i'm not diving through old tweets but you don't think it's ridiculous to cancel a cartoon character dan no i think it's fine i think peppy Le Pew is a little creep uh it's so funny because i was legitimately watching uh i think it was looney tunes back in action like two weeks before any of this discussion happened i was like this is weird yeah i was (laughs) then this all happened i was like yeah that makes sense he's like space jam coming out hey i'm a date rapist that's my cartoon character (laughs) yeah um no but honestly the thing that pushed me over the edge was uh governor andrew cuomo coming out and saying that he he cannot resign because it would be giving in to cancel culture by the time this episode airs he will have inevitably resigned um because that's the way the world works and rightfully so when you sexually harass and sexually assault women you probably shouldn't be a governor Um, here's what i think should happen yeah i think governor patterson should come back just for the Fred Armisen memes. Yes. Just so he can walk in front of a camera on Weekend Update. We may have had a governor who sexually harassed women, but at least we're not New Jersey. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, basically, yeah, I just think it's funny that uh, I want to know if when he's arrested for sexual assault, will that be canceling or will that just be justice? So, yeah, uh, Gina Carano, I don't want to see your transphobic ass on uh, my beloved Star Wars show. Cancel. I'm fine with canceling you. Uh, anyone who does. Next. Yeah, 
uh again i'm not out there like looking to cancel people but jk rowling i don't want you to write any more books because you're hateful and you want children to hate themselves so you're canceled it's, it's so silly like if i was the face of my company or represented my company and i just said some dumb shit in public i would lose my job yeah it's like yeah. You, you say dumb things you get fired like that's that's just what happens i just miss the good old days where people would say horrible things and apologize and disappear into the shadows and never to be seen again now we have to like hear Al them Franken. talk yeah now we have to hear them talk uh just just don't just disappear we don't we don't want to see you or hear you again um we're not canceling you we just don't want you to be in the public eye that's not the same thing so yeah, cancel culture is a joke, and if you believe that that's a thing, then you are probably a piece of shit too. It was a very sad day in the late 1960s where the Beatles unfortunately broke up. In the year 1970. Was it in 70? I thought it was yeah. 69. Now they broke up in 1970. Well, all right. It was the it was late 1960s, the year 1970, <laughs> when the Beatles got on top of the roof at Abbey Road and played. No, that Russia. was 69. Jimmy, why are you going to make f- me do this to you? Fairly certain. I, you're going to um, be canceled, Jim. This is canceled culture know. at its worst. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the Beatles broke up and, uh, they all went on to solo careers. So back in the day, uh, Dan and I tried to talk Jeff into one of our favorite bands and probably the most influential band of the 20th century, which was the Beatles. Yeah. And Jeff was a big old hard no. That was a no. Yeah. I, it was a good history lesson. Like it was like watching a documentary, which we also did. I learned a lot about him and right. I was a no, but I, I felt bad about it. But in the two years since, I haven't listened to one Beatles song. So my no was correct. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you were right that that last concert took place in 1969. But yes. I was right that Get Back was released in 1970. So it's kind of over the course of two years. We'll, we'll okay. just say we were both right. Okay. We were, were both right. You're both yes, wrong. we're both wrong. I mean, the album was Let It Be, but that's yes. also fine, too. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it was supposed to be called Get Back. True fans know it is Get Back. I know, yeah. <laughs> we have the documentary coming out soon. I'm excited for that. Uh, so we are going to try and talk Jeff into all of the Beatles solo careers. So we're talking about Paul McCartney. We're talking about John Lennon, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison. Um, yes. Could we all not had talk pretty... about Ringo Starr? Because isn't he really bad? He's got some good songs. Yeah, surprisingly, he was like the most successful directly after the Beatles breaking up, which was very strange. Mm-hmm. Nobody really expected that. And um, I'm not a huge Ringo fan, but um, some of his songs kind of slap. Even some yeah. of his newer stuff, too, I'm kind of surprised about. Um, yeah. It's fun. It belongs. Yeah, agreed. So, Jeff, I, I want to talk about this with a little bit of nuance. Um we could have done a whole episode on John Lennon. We could have done a whole episode on Paul McCartney. But I, Jimmy and I both thought that that would be pushing it a little bit. Like, there was a pretty good chance we'd have multiple no's from you, which we weren't <laughs> looking for. So now you just want to minimize your losses and just get one no. 
No, what I want to do is not to convince, not to talk you into like a specific album, a specific song, a specific artist even. I want to sort of pitch this as, did we talk you into the prospect of listening to Beatles solo career music? In other words, like if you mark the careers of these four gentlemen from Liverpool, England, uh, as Beatles and not Beatles, we weren't able to talk you into the Beatles, but could we talk you into the not Beatles? <laughs> the not Beatles. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's worded stupidly, but it makes sense because my brain understands dumb. I mean, think of it as like in college, pass fail tests. I don't want you to be like, like, certainly you're going to have opinions and you're going to have preferences from this playlist, but I don't want you to be like, um, Ringo Starr sucks. So I'm a no, I want you to be like, overall, I'm more interested in the solo careers than I was in the Beatles or not. Right. Yeah. We can, we can frame it like that if you like. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to take a look at how these pieces of the puzzle fit together to make the Beatles and what happens when each of them gets to go off on their own and sort of possibly give in to their indulgences, but also explore um, areas of creativity that maybe were suppressed in the Beatles. And um, so, yeah, Jimmy and I put together a playlist of... I added two songs. He did. He added two songs like a big boy. There's three songs I know total from all okay. of the Beatles solos. So are these songs on the playlist? And I'm not going to tell you whether I like them or not. Okay. John Lennon, Imagine. No. And that was our most controversial one because mm. I feel like it's probably the most well-known of all the Beatles solo songs. Jimmy, would you think that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, I don't love it. Uh, a lot of people do, but I think it's very overrated and I didn't think Jeff would love it. Paul McCartney, Live and Let Live. That is not Live a song. Let die. Live and Let, <laughs> let die, die is a song. And that is on the playlist. Okay. Uh, George Harrison, I've got my mind set on you. That is on the playlist. Oh, wow. So I'm already halfway there, baby. <laughs> you have two songs out of the 20 song playlist. 20 songs. Halfway there. Oh, actually, oh. I don't know how long it is, but. I did I did steer away from when we put this place playlist together. I didn't put future bands. In other words, I could have put no Traveling wings. Wilburys on there. Uh, well, I love them. So Yeah. You don't uh, have to. I did put Wings though because those in the know know that Wings is really just it's Paul just, McCartney. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. It's yeah. funny so, cuz when we do a Roy Orbison episode, there's going to be Traveling Wilburys on there. Mm. Nice. That's cool cuz I like Traveling Wilburys. Cool. Talk me into traveling Wilburys. It's done. We are. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, we want you to listen to this playlist. Okay. We want you to like it. I want to like it too. I always want to like the things we talk about. It's uh, it's not in chronological order. It's an order by artist, but within okay. the artist, it's a chronological order. Okay. Right. Yeah. I understand. I get so it. So let's, let's listen and then dig into it and find out if you like the Beatles solo careers better than the Beatles, which will probably piss a lot of people off either way. <laughs> we, could, we could have made this a showdown and really piss people off. We thought about that, but Jimmy and I were both like, I want John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I just mean I pick who wins in a fight. Oh. Well, we could find out out of the four who you like the yeah, best we'll, and stuff. We'll talk about that. Yeah. It's going to be fun, guys, and spoilers for Beatles' solo careers when we come back. They died. (laughs) 
including oh, Paul. Oh, yeah, he, he died in the Paul Beatles. Paul was dead. This yeah. is the fake Paul. Yeah. 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 Ringo did it. Yeah. Fringo. Oh, yeah, Fringo's alive, but, um, I mean, it's arguable whether he was ever a person. <laughs> Not whether he was a Beatle. Everyone knows that, but he might be a Muppet. This end of this segment is going on way too long. <laughs> Ringo's a Muppet. That's the theory I'm putting forward. Forget about Paul McCartney's dad. Ringo's a Muppet. The entire song is over. <laughs> the entire transition song is over now. Ringo's Muppet. <laughs> were comprised of four gentlemen and after the Beatles were not comprised of anyone those four gentlemen had to do something and that something was by themselves for the most part except for all of the people that helped them along the way <laughs> and some bands as well and some bands as well so Dan and Jimmy Fitch of Jimmy Fitch's blogs put together this playlist <laughs> and they put it together by artist and i'm not sure if it was chronological um i don't it think should that really be chronological within each member within each artist right okay so i don't think that really matters too much yeah my first um, instinct because a little behind the scenes my first instinct was to go fully chronological um but i felt you wouldn't really get a grasp of like no. each member's I'm, I'm right, your artist right. the first thing i did notice was like well the beatles broke up in 1969 and like their last album came out in 69 or 70 you guys got in a little tiff about it um and yes. a lot of a lot of these songs on here came out in like 1970 so i yeah. mean they yeah. they, they were just like oh the beatles are done we doing it boys and i think even from what i read like paul mccartney might have put something out before the beatles officially ended yeah um i think everybody did oh they did um, okay well, the first thing we're going to get into is George Harrison's My Sweet yes. Lord. That that came out afterwards, but it's very well documented that a lot of these songs were written during the Beatles and could yeah, have even been Beatles yeah, songs. So, so actually, going directly from my notes, like I've heard this song before. I think everybody has. It's a huge song. I didn't know it yeah. was a George Harrison solo song. I thought Say the it name was of just the song. a Beatles song. My Sweet Lord, you already said it. So I was talking no, about I it. No, I didn't. You did. Yeah, you did. Oh, you well, I meant to refer to did. the album, which is called All Things Must Pass. My sweet Lord. Ah. So, um, you thought this was a Beatles song. That's interesting. Yeah, just because, like, I've heard it before and I just thought it was. It sounds Beatles y. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, we could spend all day on each song, but there's a lot of songs on here. But briefly, uh, his sound that I've, I've now know as his sound is and like his signature is really in this song it's like heavy like this is a george yeah. harrison song mm -hmm. um yeah. and it's very motown inspired which i found out that he worked very closely with phil specter so that makes yeah. a lot of sense and it has a lot of rock influences you know because like they're, they're the beatles that's how they started um and that tambourine is just definitive of that generation musically culturally it's just like it just feels like you're in 1969 and mm -hmm. yeah so i'm not gonna like jump in and try to like 
say something about every song but one thing i did want to tell you right. about this track that you may not be aware of is there was like a big lawsuit because the melody and some of the lyrics are based on like an old traditional gospel song yeah i i read that because i did i went to the wikipedia page of every single song on here and i kind of just like skimmed it and i did read that and i mean yeah, like yeah i think he said it, it was more like a classic folk song i can't think of the name right now but like a lot of those well, songs i think the point the is that he unlike modern artists who steal things and try to push them off as their own i think he, what he was doing here was trying to like make a statement by taking a traditional like christian song and making it about this idea of like god is one being for everyone with different names and stuff yeah right like, oh he he then chants like Hare krishna and yeah. he's searching for a god or any god that exists not just like the one white christian god yeah yeah <clears throat> and also like when you talk about signature george harrison the lead is so quintessentially like the tone of his guitar and like the way he's known for like melodic bendy like by the way this uh this playlist is going to be a lot of me singing and humming guitar parts. That's let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that that was a thing he was known for until like we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, mm. But like, what is life? The next song. Mm. I don't have too much. I didn't know this was a George Harrison song. Oh, I was like, oh, I know this one. Were you familiar with this song, Jeff? I know I've heard it before. It's a very cool lead guitar part. Um, mm. And I do like the horn section in this a lot. And the song yeah, is super layered. And I think it goes back to what Phil Spector did second best. And that's producing music. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't have I don't have too much to say about this song. Phil Spector, <laughs> great murderer, pretty good recording engineer. <laughs> All things must pass. Uh, I learned that this was a let it be reject. So this was a Beatles song that the other three were like, nah, F that song, Georgie. And he was like, I'll show you. And boy, did he. <laughs> yeah, a lot um, of these songs were Beatles rejects. And it's weird because All Things Must Pass as an album is like one of the quintessential albums of the 70s. Yeah. And uh, like Jeff said, they were just rejects. And he was like, yeah, I, I think like props to George for standing by his like artistic vision. He's like, I don't care if those other liver puddlians didn't like these. I think these are good songs. <laughs> yeah. And like it's it could be about the Beatles breakup could be about uh, other kind of breakups. And I found it interesting when I was I looked at the personnel on a lot of these songs and mm -hmm. I'll explain why later. But Eric Clapton was like on all of these songs playing guitar. Yeah, uh, it didn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, they were very good friends until Eric Clapton um, cheated on George with you know did things with George's wife. Oh, yeah. that's that's different. I thought you were going to be like he joined Cream or something. No, that's <laughs> that's Layla. Layla is George Harrison's wife, not her real name, but that's what that oh. song's about. I did not know that. In the words of famous late night talk show host. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. So there's a uh, Dan's edition of Behind the Music. Nice. <laughs> give me love, give me peace on earth. Uh, yeah, these songs are just really full and interesting, like just musically interesting. Do you and, like them though? Do you yeah, find them? Catchy? No, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just it was really cool to listen to. Uh, I don't have much more to say about the song other than you know what we just said. Like it holds weight lyrically. It's it's a good song. It's still George Harrison. I get it. It's not a bad. I get it. But yeah, I think not much more to say about it. 
I think the George stuff is interesting, especially this early stuff, because he was really on a spiritual journey. And he you was, see that. I do know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You see that in the Beatles stuff, but also like that continued throughout his solo career. And, you know, he has a ton of albums and I put a lot of stuff from the first one because I think that's my favorite. Well, yeah, the, the first four are from that album. This one's from three years later, 1973. Yeah. I mean, obviously he had a ton more stuff. I think he hit a bit of a slump where he was dealing with some addiction issues. And some of those albums are just like mediocre for me. Um, but yeah, I think all things must pass is just so quintessential that there had to be multiple songs from it. Yeah. Uh, and then we move to the eighties and we got my mind set on you. And I know this because weird. Al did a parody too. Um, <laughs> he, he parodied the songs just six words long, making fun of how simple the song is. But this is also a cover of a song from the 60s. Which, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, which is kind of funny because on uh, the album Even Worse of Weird Al's that came out, three of his parodies were parodies of songs that were popular at the time that were covers of 60 songs. So Got My Mind That's Set funny. on You, Moni Moni, and I Think I'm Alone Now. Uh, yeah. We're all like, so, up to, so this is like, this song if you is checked very out different. this episode on the Beatles solo careers and didn't think you were going to get a deep dive into Weird Al, you'd be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> this, this song is very different than uh, the previous songs. And the stuff of George Harrison that I did know is from the Traveling Willoughbys, which is from the late Willberries. Willberries. I, Willoughbys. I said Willoughbys. Um, the Traveling Willoughbys, which is from the late 80s, which is when this song came out. But this song mm. is a lot different. Um, it's very the, the instruments are very fake sounding, uh, like using electric drums and yeah, the drums real. It bad. has big '80s vibes, and it feels mm-hmm. like he went from setting trends in the '60s with the Beatles and the '70s in his solo career to following them. And like this song's catchy. He didn't write it, but it's also like not good. You know, well, I mean, it's a pop hit. It yeah. feels like he yeah. was like, "Hey, that's let's just do is. a fun pop hit song." Yeah. That's that's and it was this. a big hit. It's probably his yeah. biggest solo hit. I mean, yeah, I've definitely heard this on the radio as well. Like, but what I'm saying is, compared to the last songs that were just like so full and intricate and yeah. have like these heavy, deep meanings, this is just like, "Here's some bubble gum for you." I'm going to mm. make real music with the traveling Willoughbys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I was never a huge George like solo guy. Mm. Um I love I love him in in the Beatles, but um I was just never like when I was getting more into their solo stuff, George was never really high on my priority list. So based um, on but, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, but I will say this definitely has the best cover of all time, which is the album cover because it's, it is fantastic. It's really it's funny. It's so 80s, yeah. So th- these were the songs that you guys gave me for George Harrison. And based on what I heard, um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Because in my head, like Paul McCartney's this huge monolith of a uh, performer still performing today. And mm-hmm. John Lennon is, you know, he's, he's like Elvis, right? He's kind of like this untouchable being. Um, and Ringo is always kind of like a joke. But George Harrison, to me... <laughs> as somebody who's not very familiar with the Beatles has always just been like there, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah, there's the guy that was in the Beatles that kept making music, but it was a lot better than I was expecting. So I'll I'll say that for now. Then we move on to Paul McCartney. It is from, from Liverpool, mate. (laughs) Great accent. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't even trying there. Um, Yeah. You guys gave me a lot of songs. A lot of these I have heard before. 
Uh, the lovely Linda, I have not. It is 44 seconds. Okay, next. That's uh, it. No, no, don't, not next. Don't know why you put it on here. It was not even <laughs> I, a, a I song. put it on here for a reason. Because it's his <clears throat> wife or something? <clears throat> no, because this first um, solo album, McCartney, is is like very experimental. And there's I've read some very interesting arguments that this is like the first quote unquote indie rock album, which hear me out. That sounds ridiculous because it's Paul McCartney. Right. But this album was written, performed and recorded all by Paul McCartney in his house, like in his living room. Okay. He basically got like, I don't even know, like an eight track reel to reel recorder and just started layering ideas. So this album is very experimental. He didn't set out to make an album. He set out to experiment to see if he could make an album by himself and then was like, I kind of like this. That's why you have songs that are like 44 seconds long that are just an idea. It's just like a single emotion that he wanted to express. Okay. So I did, while I was listening to the next song, maybe I'm amazed. We'll get into that. I was wondering, even throughout this, and I was going to ask you guys, because a lot of times with solo things, like Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, like it's solo, but like how much of like, yeah, he might've written the songs, but you know, his, one of his albums sounds just like Gaslight Anthem. Like how much of right. it is solo? So that's mm-hmm. why I was looking at personnel on a lot of these, like George Harrison, you know, you find out like Eric Clapton was working with him and he has all like these bands. So when I look this up, I thought Paul McCartney sang and played bass and that may be p- maybe piano. Like I don't re- really on, remember. Jeff. No, I thought that he sang and played bass. And I was like, from what I remember from the Beatles, he's an okay bass player. There's some good stuff in there. But but then I looked it up and he plays, he is this album. He does literally everything. And I was like, yeah, I told you. Yep. You told me just now, but when I was listening (laughs) to this, I didn't know. I looked it up and wrote down that I didn't know he played everything. And that's Mm. super impressive. And it makes you appreciate it a lot more. Like, Okay, you added the lovely Lynn down here because that explains what he was doing. Still doesn't make it an interesting song. I will never listen to that song again. There's no reason I would <laughs> really? ever see. I think it's, sh- I think it's I... short, and I think it's very like singular. Like it doesn't it can go be anywhere. Short, but it's like nothing. It, it. I don't even remember what it sounds like. I was like, la, oh, la, it's la, over. La 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 la, lovely Linda. It's Great. just a beautiful little sentiment. Okay, I. It's catchy. Don't care for it. Okay. And it did nothing for me to like, if you're trying to talk me to Paul McCartney and you pick this song, let's say you just picked one song for artists and you pick this, I'd be like, nah, that's okay. He, he's a, well, I wouldn't do that. That's a bad idea, but it, maybe I'm amazed. Everybody knows this song. Um, yeah. I actually didn't know it was Paul McCartney. I just thought it was like one of those dudes from that period in time that had like a few big songs that were on sitcoms, you know, in the eighties, <laughs> you know, but like, it, it is a good song. And um, it's like I said, it's much more impressive when you know that it's him. And there's like there's some weird stuff he does in there, like later on to a kind of I don't think it's a signature change, um, a time signature change or a key signature. What are you key, talking about? Key, key change. OK, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a good song. I mean, this is a little interesting, too, because I chose to give you the version off of McCartney, which was never a big hit. This song became a hit with when Wings. it was on a yeah, right. Wings. Yeah. I think it was a live album that Wings put out. But I like this more stripped down um, the way he recorded it. He didn't have a lot of. All right. Not to get too insular, but that's is that on our bingo card, Jim? <laughs> it should be not to get too insular. It said every episode okay well not to get too insular but george harrison and john lennon both went on to work with um phil specter so their solo stuff 
although I love it, I don't really like Phil Spector's recording techniques. It's sort Great. of a hodgepodge, a big echoey mess. And Paul McCartney's is so opposite. Like his stuff that he recorded by himself on these albums is like stark and like flat and clean. And I like that version of maybe I'm amazed. It feels more honest to me. Yeah, I, I think the song is obviously it's a good song. Um, I don't think he's a great performer on the song, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I I don't like when he's like screaming that maybe I'm amazed like that whole part because like he's not the screamer in the band. Like John was always a screamer. You Ooh, know? hard disagree. Really mm. to do, dude. Listen to on um, Abbey Road the um, the little montage thing that they do. Of like oh, Kansas like City in yeah or, or no no it's not on Abbey Road that's an earlier one, but Kansas City with Hey 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 back in the day, Paul could wail, dude. Yeah, that's true. I, what I was the one he did that. on Abbey Road? He did one of them where he gets real into it. I can't yeah. remember what it is. I, I'm just not a huge fan of his performance on this song. I, I mean, I, I, I he's fine. I will say I agree with you that I think um, that type of performance goes over much bigger and i think that's a big reason why it was more successful on the wings recording because mm. with the big full energetic band um yeah it feels more authentic and more engaging than him like clearly in his living room screaming right right but yeah then we get into you put some songs with wings because you explained to me that even though it's a band it's mostly paul mccartney with a backing band which is fine yes Mm -hmm. um so this set of songs overall i think that the production's not as good as songs i've heard previously on this podcast the vocals seem kind of flat um just that's just an overall thought i had uh band on the run eh, seems like uh some hippie stoner shit because it is uh it's it's weird because it's kind of like it seems like a band geek song it it feels like it's supposed to be kind of operatic or something like it's three or four songs in one and i don't know it it seems ambitious when you put it in the context of what the beatles were doing at the end of their career which is abbey road Paul was very into writing these like songs that were like little songs together Yeah, yeah no i totally picked up on that too but I, I think that the Beatles did it better than this particular song did. It was I would fine. Agree with that. It's it's not great. Um, I don't so know. So Jet is sort of the same type of idea of like little songs pieced together. What did you think of that? Um, I I don't really care for that either. I know Ooh. I've heard it before on infomercials for Wings box sets in the '90s when I stayed home from school and watched Jerry Springer in the <laughs> middle of the day. Um, and I, I heard that it's about his dog. That's that's about all I got to say about that song. I think Jet is a good song, but the production quality of the song is really bad. So the next song, Let Me Roll It, is not only like my Yeah, I like that riff. It's pretty cool. You're not even singing it close to what it is. I can't. Yeah, that's that's what I do. No, I like it because it has like this an intro that like you wouldn't expect to lead into that and then it kind of jumps off and i think that they play this on the stern show a lot because yeah it's uh, one of howard stern's favorite songs yeah stern has a huge boner for mccartney and um so it sounds like it skips off time after like the first little riff thing and Mm -hmm. i think that that's cool and i know that the beatles like to f with timing and like Mm -hmm. time signatures and stuff so i think it's i 
I think that it was done intentionally because then it doesn't do that for like the next three. You, do you know what I'm saying? Mm, kind like of. I don't think it's the really riff, the drum like skips. It kind of like I don't know. I can't really explain it. Yeah, it's not. It goes da 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. It's not a change of time signature. It's um, it's a fluctuation between straight time and cut time, oh, which has to do with yeah, where yeah, you yeah. where you emphasize the beat. So it it definitely gives like a vibe. Like I know what you're saying because right. he puts the snare beat on like he goes from putting the snare on one and three to two and four. And it's and not what like, you expect from just like a a rock song that would be on the radio. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and the vibe on this one, come on, you got it. Like his vocals are real. Like he's really belting on this one. Let yeah. me roll it. Yeah, that's kind of really like when, when Jimmy was like, Paul's not the screamer. I was like, oh, I think he is. I've heard it on some songs that you guys gave me. So um, a little inside baseball. The rumor is, and he will neither confirm confirm nor deny this, but the rumor is that this song was written as a sort of F you to John's solo career to say like anyone can write a John Lennon song here. I'll do one. And uh, he like, cause there's a lot of John Lennon vibes on this. With, like, I, the distorted I heard, guitars and stuff. I don't yeah. remember which song it was that I read, but people were saying that, um, he was ripping off John Lennon and then he said that um, oh yeah I guess I do kind of sound like John Lennon in that so maybe it was just like, kind of like a tongue in cheek thing yeah uh, Live and Let Die this one I think is the most popular song maybe on the playlist maybe yeah, like, yeah, yeah I would, agree I would with say that because it was, it was a James Bond song it was like the first rock and roll song that uh, the Bond franchise used and I have a very funny story about how I heard this for the first time. Maybe not oh the boy. first time. I'm sure I've heard it on the radio, like growing up and stuff. But the first time I realized it was a song. So as you guys know, I like Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, I might have <laughs> I knew it was going to Weird Al in this episode. So as you also might know, because I've told little nuggets of stories about a brief time in my teenage years when I was in a youth group, a Christian youth group, and I went to a Christian music festival a couple summers in a row. Uh, which is a lot of very funny stories there. But I was wearing a Weird Al Yankovic, it's all about the Pentium t-shirts. And as I'm walking, like wherever I was walking, some some Christian chat guy came up to me and he was like, hey man, you like Weird Al? And I was like, you fucking thank guy, I'm wearing his t-shirt. You know, I didn't say that. I was probably like, yes, I do. Praise Jesus. You were like, bless up, brother. <laughs> um, and he was like, if you like Weird Al, tomorrow at this time there's a band playing called apologetics and it's spelled with an x and they're the christian now and i was like oh boy let me check them out and i did and at the time i was like those are songs that i've heard before but they praise jesus and it was very funny so i went into the little record store that they had at the festival and i bought three of their cds and wow. one of the songs was a parody of live and let die and it was called didn't just die and it was about how Jesus did not just die on that cross and he rose again. And I was like, oh, wow, I really like this song. Let me listen to the original. And then I did. And it was this. I'm sad that I just heard that story. <laughs> no, but this this song, this is like I just said, he tries to be like operatic and like all that kind of stuff and like make a story with the song. And I think this song pulls it off. Um, I've like I've always liked how zany it is. It just sounds like some weird shits happening at like a carnival. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I've always liked this. Yeah. 
Hey, have you heard the uh, Guns N' Roses cover of it? I think I have years ago, and I never want to hear it again. Oh, I yeah, like it's it. Bad. It's kind of <laughs> wild hearing Axl Rose do his voice over. I used to say, live and let live. Bam, bam. But yeah, no, it's a it's a good song. It's kind of like if you do Paul McCartney, you have to add this song on there. Yeah. I love um, the little reggae pro- part, too. What does it matter to you? When you got a job to do, you get to do it well. Come on, dude. By the way, I don't think we talked about this, but at the end, Jeff, I think you should rank your Beatles solo careers from oh, like, which you like I, the most to yeah, which you no, like the I, I already I already have that settled. I was going to talk about wow. that. So uh, the last two songs on here are ones yeah. that I didn't initially, like I did a rough out of this playlist and then like ran it by Jimmy. And one of the things that he was adamant was that these two Paul McCartney songs get included. They have special. I'm very adamant. That's, I don't know if I was adamant. Okay, so he was like, put these songs on there or I'm going to cut your face open <laughs> with a butcher knife. I was like, I like these two songs. Let's put them on the playlist. So <laughs> All right, Jeff, what well, did you think of them? Let's get into Calico Skies. Uh, I don't like this one. Um, <laughs> this was released later in uh, 1997. Well, it was recorded in 92 and then it was released in 97. I like to I like to know context behind songs sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not vibing with it. Like I'm, I'm, I wasn't into his voice or just the acoustic. It's just like an acoustic guitar in him. I just I don't know. I didn't care for it. I wasn't that familiar with this one. Jim, how'd you get turned on to this song? It was on his uh, live uh, thing from when he played at City Field. And oh, okay. um, I, I listened to that a lot. That's how I actually got into a lot of the uh, solo McCartney stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was just one of the songs. And I think I like the live version of it better. But eh, if you don't like the song, you don't like the song. Well, I mean, you wanted Calico Skies and Dance Tonight on it because you liked it. And I shit on Calico Skies. I'm sorry. Dance Tonight okay. might be one of my favorite Paul McCartney songs on this playlist. Wow. Um, and, which is kind of interesting because it is from 2007 um it's yeah, not it's like new. one of his classic songs but i love how simple it is but how much energy it brings at the same time like yeah, it's yeah. a banger yeah you could i could totally dance to this uh if i had working knees um you could dance with your baby to this too because it's like wholesome <laughs> pop music it is yeah. it's like it's mostly like a mandolin and then just like a just like a stop just like that steady beat but then mm-hmm. even when the band comes in it's still like subtled and just layered really nicely and neatly but like even though it feels like it's it's you know just recorded so tightly it still has like this party vibe to it and there's also a whistle solo so like yeah, yeah. bro i, I knew you'd it. like that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i really liked is- it it was fun this is from a time period where paul was sort of like reinventing himself i feel like like he was doing you know more of like the late night news cycles and stuff to promote this album yeah and i remember enjoying this a lot when it came out it didn't stick with me but it was nice to have uh jimmy bring it back there's also like a song that he did with the surviving members of nirvana which i couldn't mm-hmm. find like i don't know if it was ever officially released but that was a lot of fun from this time period too hmm. then we get into ringo star <laughs> yeah um with a song called photograph and I, I really like the sentiment of the song it's like all that's left is a photograph like you could have memories of somebody or something that happens but like the only physical thing you have is a picture uh it's really like sad and kind of happy too because at least you have that memory 
um mm-hmm. musically i just think it's kind of boring even with like the little sax solo it just seems like paint by numbers <laughs> rock and roll like it doesn't do anything like the other beatles that's that feels like it was either on the same projection that the beatles would have went or like they took their own styles and went with it. like george harrison was like i have this song you guys didn't like it f you i'm doing it anyway this just seems kind of like Ringo sings and plays drums like he's not doing what Paul McCartney did where he's sitting down in his living room and recording every instrument either so I don't know it it just seems kind of like he's famous and he likes music so he's going to make it but he's not very good at it well I think you're I think you're like three quarters of the way correct with that I'll I'll Um, accept that (laughs) but I also think um, I kind of feel bad for Ringo because he's not a natural songwriter which I can relate to like I've written some stuff but um he's sort of at the mercy of the songs that are put in front of him um this song he actually co-wrote with george harrison right right he co-wrote i think think all of the songs on this playlist with george harrison oh really yeah so one of the one of the notes i took for back off boogaloo was um it mentions george harrison like as i was looking at personnel in all of these songs like george these are pretty much george harrison songs that made shitty by ringo Starr. (laughs) But it's kind of in, an interesting dynamic because obviously we know that like the writing force of the Beatles was predominantly Lennon and McCartney. Yeah. So it's interesting to see this little like partnership um, with Ringo and George that were like like the outcast little brothers of the Beatles that were like, hey, we write songs too. We can sing a little. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that they stuck together. There's a lot of George Harrison songs that have Ringo on drums. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. <laughs> The next song was not written by George Harrison or Ringo. It's a cover. No, it is a cover yeah. of an older song. And it's probably my favorite of the four songs you guys gave me on the playlist. You're 16, yeah. You're Beautiful in Your Mind. Dude, there's got a... Paul McCartney on it, too. There's a kazoo solo. Yep. Like, fucking yes, dude. Sorry, Jim, but are you kidding me? I am here for this. Ah, oop. Ah, oop. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I was like so torn because I'm like, this is probably one of Ringo's best songs. Like, it's do not clap. Even his. <laughs> well, not only is it not only his, but it's also like incredibly problematic. But <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It is very problematic. But but then I was thinking, I was like, when I but was reading this, I was like, what? But kazoo. Oh, I thought you said butt kazoo. I was like, I'll fart in a kazoo. I don't care. <laughs> Well, at first I was like, oh, man, this is bad. Ringo's like a 40-year-old man at this point. But then you look it up and you're like, oh, no, it's just like a teen pop song, like from yeah. 20 years before. It's fine. Um, yeah, and then I thought it, the same thing. It don't come easy. It's okay. I think I heard it before. Um, I don't care for his voice. And, like, it's the same thing. Like, I feel like he didn't have his own style nailed. Like, even if his style was changing, like John Lennon has several different styles. Paul McCartney experimented with different styles. He just didn't feel like he he had a Ringo star style. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up on this track. I I tend to agree with you. And again, I think that boils down to him not being a natural songwriter. Um, But I will say that, like, it's interesting you mentioned on this track because it it don't come easy is sort of the quintessential Ringo song. Like nowadays, like I don't know if he still does it, but in recent years he's toured with the Ringo Star All Star Band, which is mm-hmm. I've never seen it, but it's supposedly like a very fun show because it's dudes from other bands and they like play songs from all the bands, and you usually get some like really high caliber you know musicians in there. And anyways, and and like it don't come easy is like his big song that he sings to close mm. out the shows and stuff. Oh, well, sorry, Dan. 
Uh, back off Boogaloo, Klaatu Barato Nikto. The album cover is the greatest one I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one's really good too. And, and like I said, I was just like, oh man, these guitar leads are pretty dope, but I know he doesn't play guitar, so who does? And it's George Harrison, so there you go. <laughs> yep. It's George Harrison is, is the best part of Ringo Starr. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care for Ringo Starr. Like, it, it was a joke before because I've heard it throughout my life, but... Uh, now you know. Yep. So, spoiler <laughs> alert, he's number four on my list. <laughs> yeah, but could you kind of see that, like... If you were like 13 years old and you loved the Beatles and the first solo album that came out was a Ringo Starr album. I could totally see that for sure. And you're like, yeah. hey, this is fun. I f with this. Except you would never say that because it was 1970. <laughs> You'd be like groovy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ringo is so boss. You'd be telling all your friends. Uh, then we get into Juan Lemon. And Juan? <laughs> just thought of that now that was pretty this good. was so hard to trim down because john lennon I, I figured yeah i know like there's so many songs where i was like favorites. oh you didn't put that one on there oh you didn't put that one on yeah there. so instant karma this is very familiar i'm sure i've heard this before uh very piano driven and i think if you had to choose between this and imagine you guys did the right thing because the song's better than imagine um yeah <laughs> all that's these a, songs a are better than imagine controversial opinion a lot of people love that song i i like it i think it's way overplayed is good but yeah i, I yeah. kind of hate that like the go-to john lennon solo song that everyone that, thinks of is imagine yeah um yeah this is vocally aggressive but not like in an angry way right mm. so going back to like that growl and grit that you were talking about before um there's some big group background vocals i thought was good and you know lyrically it's it's about karma not not taking its time and waiting like if you do something bad something bad's gonna happen to you right away instant yeah. karma baby right boom uh working class hero uh, I wrote down, holy fuck, Frank Turner. Sorry, Jim, because now I can definitely see a huge inspiration on Frank Turner with oh, certain yeah. John Lennon songs. Mm. Uh, he says fuck twice. Sorry, Jim. Um, <laughs> which, you know, for that time, like, yeah, it was, like, this is John Lennon. This is like, you know, this is going to be on the radio. And he says mm. those words. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like this song a lot. It's just him and the acoustic guitar. And of all the Beatles that have done just that, he pulls it off the best in this song. I, I really love it. I love the sentiment of the lyrics. It's just, it, it's a punk song. It's a protest song. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it sounds good too. Just like the guitar playing is really sweet on it. Yeah. There's, I um, there's a really nice cover of this by um, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day that I enjoy. That's, I don't think I've heard that. That's an interesting yeah. thing. I did not expect to come up here. Um, <laughs> it's good. Oh, Yoko. Guys. It, is, yeah. is, uh, this song's about fucking, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's about codependency, but in a sweet way. Yeah, uh, it's it's much more upbeat than the last song, musically and tonally. Mm -hmm. It's a cute love song, but it's definitely about uh, F and Yoko and calling out her name at some points, right? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cute. Just wait till you hear the uh, wedding album. Yeah, I know that they get they get pretty freaky later <laughs> yeah. on. Um, I just love this because it's so like sweet and simple and it's like it's very one emotion simple, yeah. expressed. See, for me, like the ultimate zenith that you can reach as a songwriter is to an express is to express emotion not only through like poetic lyrics, but through like the actual tone of the music. And to mm -hmm. me, this this song, even though it's simple and like not a lot of people care about it and I'm probably way overthinking it. 
oddly for me is like the zenith of his songwriting because it's so it's so focused and so unilateral yeah no. I, <laughs> solation i don't have anything else to say about oyoko i'm sorry okay um, this isolation is the song for the world we're living in now oh yeah yeah it really is this is another piano driven song like instant karma or imagine <laughs> but less hip less pretentious i don't think pretentious is the right word but yeah it's no, super it, funky though it is and it's about feeling alone when like in john london's case you're the biggest rock star on earth um mm-hmm. this is produced really well and there was something in here that made me look it up um the two vocal tracks he's usually when you hear that and like so there's two vocal tracks and they're panned in different ears and i listen mm-hmm. to most of this on headphones i listened to it in the car and headphones on bluetooth speaker i listened to this playlist a couple times and um it sounds really good uh panned unlike the early beatles stuff which i remember not liking because yes. yes. it was like very well separate. that was recorded in mond mono and forwarded it uh, forced well i can't speak english yeah the, the early beatles stuff was recorded mono and then forced into stereo and it's very odd the right but they made. what he's doing here and correct me if i'm wrong because you guys are the music theory singy boys um both of the tracks he's singing the exact same thing so mm-hmm. it's not like you're getting like two different guitars playing different things in the different tracks you're just yep. getting this like more full weird sound because it's the right. same voice hitting the same notes but in different tracks and yep. it's two thought, different performances too right not yeah just, yeah that's what i mean yeah. doubling and, the table and I, I thought i thought that sounded really cool and was produced really well yeah in terms of production a little other controversy here is like almost every song on this playlist is from the ultimate um give me some truth box set that like yeah, just it, came out that was another reason why i had to google everything because you selected tracks from like a compilation so i had no idea like what year it came out or what mm-hmm. album it was off of yeah i did that for a reason though because so many of these songs in my opinion were like totally like just buried under phil specter like echo and reverb yes and like the give me some truth mixes that came out this year still feel full and big but cut through so much that his voice is so much more present and there's just so much more attack on the instruments like when you start adding all these different layers of instruments to create this wall of sound you really like muddy up the mix and and john lennon's lead vocals end up becoming part of this like marshmallow and now with this mix i feel like they're really like brought out out front and it yeah it was I, I recently got this album. Um, my parents bought it for me on vinyl. And, uh, dude, it sounds like when you put them on a decent turntable with good speakers, it sounds like he's in the room singing to you. Yeah, I want to get that real bad. God, I, I, I don't like. This is a list of things he doesn't believe in um, mm-hmm. that other people may hold in high regard or worship, like even mm-hmm. as a false idol. And I really like at the end of the song, how he just believes in him and Yoko. It's just, it just grounds things and makes things so personal. Just like nothing else matters in the world except for his family, his love, and just like these two people going on their journey together. I was like, that's good. I like that. I feel, I mean, there's a lot of deep stuff. Like you can pour over the lyrics in this song. And and I purposely am not because like, we don't want a seven hour episode. Um, Cause like, no, no, I'm not asking you to, but I'm just saying like someday sit there with the lyrics, to this song, dude, how many oh, like, pop rock songs do you know that open up with a line as deep as God is a concept by which we measure our pain? Yeah, I, could like, th- I could think about that all day. 
and well, then he, that's, he repeats that's a, it yeah that's a crazy line and then the rest of the episode still is just like <laughs> i don't believe in zimmerman you talking about bob dylan bro like oh yeah <laughs> elvis yoga like believe in the beatles yeah that part i was like okay i get that it's also a really interesting juxtaposition to pair this with the stuff that George Harrison was doing, because these are two guys that are clearly like on a quest to learn more about the world and themselves, but see it through such a different perspective. Yeah. George Harrison was trying to find a God and John Lennon is like, my wife is my God. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe the love inside of us is the God. Yep. Yeah. Give me some and truth. Then, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, just really quick. There's also the stuff at the end where just the fact that he's like, I don't believe in the Beatles. That pissed off a lot of people in this. Oh, all. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Give me some this, truth. Yeah. Uh, every time I look up personnel and some cool solo or instrumentation is George Harrison. Are you a George Harrison fan secretly? <laughs> I'm I guess I'm becoming that way because I was like, oh, this is really cool. And as I'm reading like more information, I'm like, oh, George Harrison's on a track. Definitely makes his sense. guitar playing is super melodic and catchy. Like he it may is. not be as flashy as dudes like Eric Clapton and, and stuff like that. But a lot of those dudes took inspiration from him about just how to build melodic leads. Yeah. And this song is I mean, there's no hiding. it. It's a protest song about Vietnam and the politics of the era. Like ain't no tricky dick, ain't no yeah, whatever it is. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But no, mm-hmm. it, it's cool song. Definitely a. Uh, it's like a slow punk rock song. It is. I mean, that's yeah. what a lot of most of John Lennon's lyrics are punk, like working class hero. That's a punk song, dude. I don't care what you say. I don't care I like what to hear you Dropkick say. Murphys do a cover of that. That'll be that'll be cool. Mm. Whatever gets you through the night live from new york this is this is a song yeah i i f with this song hard this sounds like the most fun thing this is definitely (laughs) the most fun music that i've heard from any of these four people created yeah this song is a proper bop uh dude the bass is so funky i forgot who did it but i recognize the name um and dude elton john's on this track yeah I didn't know that backing vocals. He doesn't even they don't even like give him a verse. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And there, it's like the music shoals or the muscle shoals horn section. Like, I don't know yeah. if you guys know about muscle shoals. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, this is like a, a big like recording studio, like yeah, backing yeah. band. Uh, oh, my. There's a documentary on it. It's it's an amazing documentary. But this is sorry in advance, Jim, but a fucking proper bop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I only wish it was seven minutes long because, like, this is a song you just put on. And you're like, eh, 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 eh. like, dude, like whenever the SNL theme, I, I never skip the SNL intros because I'm just like, bum, bum, bum. yeah, you know? yeah, it's, it definitely has that vibe. Ellen John also played piano and organ on the track. So it, it's got some real pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, it do. It do. It almost makes me sad, though, because I feel like like John Lennon was very critical of Paul McCartney's like silly love songs as he called them, which were just like simple pop songs. And I was like, yo, could John Lennon have just written like a whole album of whatever gets you through the night and just like been the biggest pop star of the seventies? Probably. (laughs) Yes, Yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The last song in the playlist, just like starting over. Um, So yeah, this was the last song he released while he was alive. It came out like a few months before he died. I think Uh, it's Mm -hmm. definitely a huge throwback 60 vibes and it has mad Roy Orbison vibes, which Mm -hmm. I F with extraordinarily hard. Um, Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good song. 
I knew you would love the backing vocals, all the doo wops and doo doos and stuff. I, I love the doo doos. Just give me all the doo doos, daddy. I'm a big bad doo doo daddy. I like how it starts off like uh, all like sort of somber and melancholy. Alive yeah, together. I love. And then song. when that, this is one of my favorite John Lennon songs. And then like when it comes back, the music gives it a fully different vibe. It's the same like melody and lyrics, but it feels like yeah, it feels like the Beach Boys. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the Beatles. So if yeah. I had to rank these, fourth yeah. place, no surprise, <laughs> Ringo Starr. Yeah. Uh, third place. This one shocked me because I, I wasn't expecting it to be this low. Paul McCartney. I, I was just going to say Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh, you guessed it. Yeah. And first place is tough for me. I, I can't. It, it's very, very close. Wow. But I, ha- I have to give uh, first place to John Lennon, second place to George Harrison. Um, I think because in my head, John Lennon has like a lot of weird stuff you know what i mean like you guys pick certain songs for me based on what we heard i'm picking john lennon Mm -hmm. if i go forward i think that the george harrison stuff might be more consistently good and john lennon might have a lot of like doo-doo thrown in there um i don't know about that i think i'm I'm not sure this is just based on my preconceived notion yeah i I think there's a I think there's a perception that John is weirder because his weirdness was so newsworthy at the time. So like Two Virgins and um, well, the Newlyweds album, like, those are like experimental, but he had... I, go ahead. From what I looked up before, like he's done some weird stuff and like with Yoko and she's like not good at music and I don't know. And then like, so I did, the only thing I did listen to, and this isn't saying whether I'm talked into anybody or not, but I did listen to John Lennon did a covers album and I was yep, like, oh, I, I love a lot of these rock and roll songs. And I listened to them and I was like, they're not great. <laughs> like I wasn't really, oh, really digging them. Yeah. Like a lot of the little Richard stuff. I was like, this is not, not a good song. Yeah. I mean, I didn't put a lot of that on there because I wanted you to hear stuff that he had written. Right. Um, I like a lot of that. I also think it's a little bit hindered by the production methods of the time. Again, if they did like, uh, there's been a lot of releases that have cleaned up a lot of the um, Phil Spector yeah, shit, as I and, call it. And I, if they I did that, not, it might be better. I tried to not take into that into account too heavily. Like it's definitely, it definitely affects my enjoyment of some of the wing songs, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that affect whether I was talked into them or not. Okay. Okay. All right. So any uh, overall thoughts or Jim, you have a uh, last minute push? Yeah. Overall thoughts I'll do first. I was more surprised at what I heard than I thought I was going to be. I thought that I pretty much knew uh, what I was getting into and mm-hmm. that I was going to hate a lot more of it than I did because there was <laughs> there wasn't a lot on here that I actively disliked. Um, and a lot of these songs I had heard before, I just wasn't aware that they were solo or even one of the Beatles. So this this was a surprising playlist. It looks a lot longer than it felt like when I was listening to. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's those are my overall thoughts for now. Um, I mean, yeah, ahead, I mean, Jim. I don't really have a, a final push other than like. I mean, there's still a whole lot of music that you could possibly be listening to with all of these artists. Um, I, I think John, yeah, he does have some dips and lows, but there, there's a lot of like really good songs that we left off of the playlist. Um, yeah, oh, that, I'm sure that I'm sure. you're 
your your uh lips haven't been uh wet yet or wet and whatever <laughs> whatever the phrase is my lips uh, haven't been spat on yet <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah um i think there's some good solo uh mccartney stuff too like a lot, some of his newer stuff isn't that bad um i'm I, honestly I, looking forward to hearing more off of the album that dance tonight was on just out of curiosity okay that's interesting um but yeah i all of your picks i i'm pretty much i'm not surprised by um I, I think george is very underrated even when i was listening to this i was like oh i didn't know this was a george harrison song well then and i find out that he's on like half of these songs else's. and i'm like yeah. should he be number one i'm not sure yeah i, I mean uh, yeah i i think we may have done a disservice to paul mccartney uh i had a hard time picking his stuff um, because he did have probably more hits than arguably anyone aside from John, maybe. Um, but his career was so much longer. Like there was a lot of big songs that you probably would have known, but I wasn't sure if, if, you know, they feel pretty dated, like, uh, say, 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 and Ebony and Ivory and those types mm-hmm. of big pop songs. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with Jimmy. There's so much more you could get into if you were talked into it. I also like think it's an interesting question when we posed this episode. Um, obviously, like one of the, the great points about the Beatles is that they took all these disparate ideas, these four complete songwriters or three and a half, maybe. And they like condensed them and honed them into like the Beatles. Right. Well, this episode poses the question for Jeff, in Jeff's opinion, does he like that or is he more interested in... Um, like sort of the unedited raw nature of these individuals ideas like after the Beatles broke up and Paul McCartney wanted to write a song nobody was going to tell Paul McCartney that sucks <laughs> like John yeah. Lennon could have right and, and the same goes for all of them like if John Lennon wants to write an album that's just him and Yoko like having sex on the floor probably people aren't going to stop him so right. is that good or is that bad so I don't know if this is a final push or just a way to frame this episode, but I'm very interested. Jeff, you were close to being talked into the Beatles. Were Jimmy and I able to talk you into the Beatles solo careers? Yes, you were. And wow. Wow. to answer your question that you just asked, I think that it, it's weird because when we did the Beatles episode, you do see how the Beatles guided each other into certain creative spots, right? Like without those four people being who they were at that time, you might not have got the Beatles as they were. But now that they're all on their own and they don't have people saying no, like George Harrison didn't have three other guys telling him my sweet Lord is shit. What is life is shit. All things must pass is shit. He just put it out. And then, like you said, it became this huge album. I think that it's better that they they learned as the Beatles because the Beatles was only... 10 years right like yeah maybe not even and all of these guys like george harrison had a 30-year career after that after um, before he died john lennon had another 10 years ringo and paul are still going 50 years after the beatles broke up um so i think that especially in the 70s which a lot of this playlist was right after the beatles broke up they had their chains broken they were like okay we've learned our craft and now we're going to do what we want to do and I think that was very helpful for for all even Ringo, you. even Ringo. I mean, like, sure, like 
I'm not good at the instruments I play. I can't do anything. So I could barely even be in a band. So like, yeah, the dude's not, he's not shitty, but like his main instrument is drums and he's not a great singer. Like I get it. So a really interesting thing to do is to look at obviously like none of these albums probably would have happened without the Beatles. I mean, you could say oh, John correct. Lennon and yeah. John Lennon and Paul McCartney probably had the talent to make it as, you know, individuals without the history of the Beatles, but would they have gotten discovered? But the really interesting thing is how each of their solo careers really went on to be more of an extension of their individual personalities yes. than of their like history with the Beatles. So like Ringo, maybe not the best musician, maybe not the best songwriter, but he has this very like jovial, like avuncular personality and look what he does. Like he, he put together this all-star band. That's sort of like a musical circus. You go there, you have a great time. He cracks jokes, he sings the hits and you leave with a smile on your face. John Lennon used his music to talk about the politics of the day, to talk about the issues that, um, right. And I mean, had he made a pop album in the eighties, like George Harrison, would it have been as good? Who knows? Right. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, it's very interesting. George Harrison explored spirituality and his connection to the earth. Paul McCartney, like we didn't even get into it, but, you know, he was doing some high level complex musical stuff on on those Wings recordings, like piecing little bits of songs with full orchestration and using synthesizers and electronic drums, like really groundbreaking. So, yeah. And I mean, we didn't get in. We we could do an episode on each one of these songs if we really wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I was really surprised. I was mostly surprised at how much of the John Lennon stuff I liked because I wasn't expecting Oh, I'm not surprised to. at all. I yeah. always felt that if you were given the chance, like if I were you, like I know that you loved a lot of the George stuff, but it's so varying whereas the john well, that's, stuff that's what i'm saying too like yeah the first 10 years of george harrison i really dug but then like in the 80s is yeah you know <laughs> there's a great. lot of stuff in the late 70s early 80s where he's a bad heroin junkie that the music is not good but listen to more john lennon dude there's like like jimmy said there's versions of this playlist that the john lennon stuff was like twice as long yeah yeah well anyways Anyways, Dan, next week, it's your birthday. It is. So, <laughs> my birthday. We're laughing because of our recording schedule, and it was your birthday weeks ago. But next episode is Dan Day. Well, just and when like you hear did. this, it will have been my birthday months ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, literally months ago. Um, Jimmy and I, well, we did this for Jimmy for his birthday. We gave him some fun topics, some easy topics that we know that he'll like. So uh, next week, it's your birthday. We're not going to tell you those topics now because it's a surprise. Happy birthday. Um, Yay. Listeners of the show, it'll be in the show notes, but we're just not going to say it. Actually, does it even matter? Just say it. Uh, yeah, because we already recorded, so it's not really a surprise. <laughs> Jimmy is going to be talking you into Wolverine and the X-Men, and yes. I'm going to be talking you into the 2012 Ninja Turtles cartoon on Nickelodeon. Okay. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Dan, where can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? Um, we're all over the internet, guys. We're on YouTube. Search for us. Uh, we're on patreon.com slash talkmeinto, which is like brand new overhaul tons of cool stuff coming you get a free pin when you sign up early access to videos completely new unreleased podcasts for your ears uh we're also on twitter talk me into or on instagram talk me into pod i mean just just google it we're world famous at this point 
Jeff. Yes. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Magic Equipping, where I post pictures of people with bad fingernails holding magic cards and sometimes Pokemon cards. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. It's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Jimmy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can find me doing the funnies. Dan, where can people find you personally online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Danny underscore breakdown. Um, I realized looking at my profile, it's mostly just retweets of things that I originally tweeted from the talk me into account. So just that's a duplicate sort of, uh, every once in a while I'll say something, uh, a little more controversial than, uh, I would post on talk me into. So if you want the, uh, the hot takes on the deep fakes, find me on there. Um, I don't know. That just rhymed. Uh, and check out my band, olddogsmusic.com. That's old with an E. We got we got new recordings coming out uh, someday soon. Might have to talk you guys into it at some point. Uh, in the okay. meantime, are, uh, is this the end? Did everyone talk? The, yep, you're, we're waiting on you, baby. Okay. It's all you. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? The Heroes in a half no, 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 no. Yeah. You say power. it's my birthday. Okay. We, all, no, no, we all did something different. It's my different. birthday too, yeah. So this is the end of the episode, and I know I shouldn't still be talking, but Correct. for some reason, I think I can do a really good version of Let Me Roll It. Like, I think I can really sing that. So this week, I might record myself singing that over karaoke, and if, if it's funny, Jimmy will put it at the end of this episode okay. over karaoke <laughs> yeah over a backing track put my random facts <clears throat> so random <laughs> is that a gen z thing or a zoomer th- or a, a millennial thing jim I feel like it's more millennial. The randomness? Yeah. Yeah, that's millennia. That's so random. You're just so random. From like 2007. Zoomers be like, that's poggers. I still have no idea what that means. (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, the beginning of this episode, could you please put Zoomers be like, that's poggers, and then the theme song. (laughs) We're all recording, right? Yes. Okay, good. So that is there. Okay. I don't know what it means either, by the way. I've just seen it. <laughs> okay, That's it. like for months I said emote. fleek and on fleek and didn't know what it meant. I was like, this work fleek is, is like on fleek. Five years ago now. I hope I yeah. hope you said that in 2021, <laughs> no, Dan. I'm talking about back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeet. All right. Wanna, <laughs> want me to count us down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My name is Dan. Oh, that's not how it starts. <laughs> let's try that again (laughs) what thank you for listening to talk me into the podcast where oh i just realized we don't have a real name for this episode yet what are we calling it the beatles solo careers yeah that's fine that's what it's called (laughs) i remember like when i was a baby like the only thing that i could do was like (laughs) my parents would be like how big is the baby and then i'd raise my arms up and they went so big and that's on tape 
sometimes I always think like, wow, I should be a better improviser. But then I just remember that I just laugh at everything you guys say. Every, so I can't. Every group needs a straight man. Yeah. I'm the laughing man. <laughs> I made a poop that looked just like a bowl of Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> Jimmy, remember that Poggers comment? Instead of that, could no. we put... No, that comment is good for the end. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So big. <clears throat> Jeff off. Jeff on. No, I don't want to Jeff off. <laughs> to tell you and I-